Hello and welcome to Is This Room Free? My name is Martin Drake and I'm an ex-HR professional who is now the founder and managing director of Hire People, a recruitment business that is raising the standards in the way recruitment agencies operate. In this podcast, I will be talking to HR professionals and listening to the stories of their careers. I will be finding out about the journeys they have taken and what they have learned along the way. The purpose is to help others in the profession identify and understand the various paths available and take inspiration from my guest speakers. Whether you are someone who is looking to get that first step on the HR career ladder or an aspiring HR director, I hope you get value from my conversations. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome back once again to another episode of Is This Room Free? Um, so thank you very much for tuning in. Um, another amazing guest uh, this week. And um, well, Maya, I'm going to pass over to you. Do you want to kind of um, tell everybody kind of what you're doing and then we'll get onto the reason of kind of why I, um, why I invited you on today? Brilliant. So um, I'm, I'm Mia. I work at Danbro, uh, a counter firm here in Lytham. Uh, I am the people team apprentice, so that's just another term that we use for our HR department. I've been with Danbro um, working in the HR team since August last year, um, and I am currently studying my CIPD Level 3 qualification, which I will finish in the next few months. Fantastic. And um, I mean, we've been connected on LinkedIn for a while. I've kind of seen you. You're quite active on LinkedIn, aren't you? But kind of look at you smiling away (laughs) quite a lot of posts on there so I was kind of aware of you but we'd never um I passed hadn't crossed and then I saw a post probably um was it maybe like three three weeks ago something like that yeah yeah, where you'd won uh business and law apprentice of the year 2022 for the Lancashire Apprenticeship Awards yes that was that was me amazing that's amazing so I saw that I was like oh I need to talk to this lady. Let's find out a little bit more about this. So yeah. we had a little bit of a, a chat when I was I was in Spain, I think. We had a bit of a yeah. conversation and then, um, yeah, it led to kind of setting up today. So thank you very much for, for giving up your time and, and kind of coming on, really. Okay. Um, I'm going to digress. So you just said something then that um, just kind of triggered a little thought in my head. Because um, you said, um, I'm part of the people team, which, you know, we just kind of call our HR team. And I'm seeing this more and more and more and more. Um, and I think, are we going through, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of just, yeah, theorize with you now that we kind of went from personnel to HR. And yeah. now I feel as though it's going from HR to people. Mm-hmm. What would you, you know, what's the, what's the kind of thought process behind, because I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll come in with something else actually. So, I was talking to somebody else the other day um, and she was saying that she had been through an interview process with an organization and they were transitioning from HR to people. And she said, okay, well, what's the thought process behind all that? You know, wh- why? And then she went, well, just because we are. It's like, oh, right, <laughs> yeah. okay, well, Great. <laughs> so, you know, you'd like to think it was because actually we're taking more of a people-centric approach, you know, we're becoming more innovative, forward-thinking. And they kind of didn't really, they were like, we well, just HR, we're just rebranding it as people. And, and it kind of got me thinking of, I'm seeing this more and more and more where pe- where organizations are changing the HR into more of a kind of a people function. How would you describe, you know, what, what does that mean, I guess, to Dambro? You know, that because Dambro used to be a HR team and now it's a people team. 
what does it mean to make that change? What, what does being a people team mean versus being a HR team? So for me, um, as Dambo as a company, we have a really strong family value. It's one of our five core values. So um, we want the idea of us being in the people team, one of our objectives this year is to really act as the core of, of Dambo to be at the heart of the business. And I always think that people team sounds a lot more approachable, a lot less. I know it's still quite a serious role within a business, HR. But to me, when you think, when someone says, oh, it's a HR meeting, you think, oh my goodness, panic. But if you think, it's with the people team, they sound more approachable, they sound more friendly, and they sound that if you really were stuck, that's not your last resort. Your first resort would be the people team. Um, I do just think it just sounds, it sounds like a much more friendly, friendlier tone. Um, yeah. I agree with you. Definitely, it does sound kind of softer than, like you say. Um, you know, my experience when I used to go into meetings, you know, people would literally freeze, and you'd see the panic in the face, yeah, going, yeah. "Oh my god, HR are here! Like, yeah. someone's about to be fired." And, and yeah. Yeah, it was no, never yeah. ever the case. Um, do you think there's still some skepticism where people go, "Oh, you've just you've just dressed it up as a, you know, new title, but you're still the firing squad." Yeah, I can I can see that the like the stereotypes of HR why people would see it that way, especially if they've been in, within business for a long time and seen how the the way a business works has changed. Like for example, ten years ago, working from home wasn't a thing, or even if it was a thing, it was an absolute minority. Whereas now, it's the the majority of people work from home. If people work for a company that doesn't like work from home, it, it puts them off now. Now people wouldn't apply if it didn't say um, home working available. So I think. It's just one of the things that's kind of changed with time. And we want our aim, as I've said, the aim is for people to see us as the people team, as their, their go-to place if they need help. Um, and that we're just sort of acting acting on behalf of our employees rather than the people that like not I don't it's hard to describe, like we're not we're not there to make sure the information get passed on in straight to the directors. It's that we will deal with it in the best way we can and offer advice before we get the directors and the head of the business involved we're sort of like the middle middle ground as such yeah there's a there's a fine line isn't it between um being too employee focused and too employer focused you know yes. the um the role of hr is really to kind of sit between that and, and kind of make sure there's kind of fairness and parity on on kind of both sides um i agree with you i think you know i think ultimately it comes down to the proof in the pudding um <laughs> You know, to change skepticism, skepticism is a is a kind of time serve thing. You know, you you've got to kind of um, deliver on your actions over time to break down those barriers and, and resistance to it. So, cool. Okay. So, talk to me about kind of your, I mean, you're you're still in the early stages of your career, really. But talk to me about kind of the decisions that you made that made that led you to to doing an apprenticeship rather than. Um, going down the university route or, um, you know, even just applying kind of straight in, in for a role and why, and why HR out of kind of everything out there? So in terms of choosing an apprenticeship over university or just going straight into a role, um, I've never been the biggest fan of school. Like I've never done particularly badly at school. It's just, I'm, I'm not, it's not my favourite environment to be in. Um, and I've always enjoyed working and being quite a hands-on learner. I've always enjoyed like doing things rather than hearing like you know at school you sit and you learn and you write things and you, you get your teacher telling you things whereas um especially at college I felt that transition and at 
working here at Danborough, you're very hands-on, you're thrown right in at the deep end. Um, so I did, I always, I felt quite lucky. I've always known I've not wanted to go to university. So I've never been in that sort of middle middle ground where I thought, well, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know where I want to go. I don't know what I want to do when I finish college. Um, but in terms of HR, um, I've always loved business studies. So I did business studies as a GCSE and I did it at A-level as well. Um, and it's always just been something that really interested me. I really liked the title of human resources, like being the people who essentially like, like your employees are your customers like you you're in charge of making sure that everything goes well for them and that they have the best experience so it has just always been a part of the business studies that I've really enjoyed um, and then I was lucky enough to be given an opportunity to try um, some work experience during lockdown um, with a company that someone in my family works for so I did an independent research project in to do with um, like induction processes and welcoming employees to businesses um, so I found that really interesting and it was with the HR team of quite a, a big company um, and I just I just really enjoyed it and I just thought this this feels like the career for me and speaking to them um, and as part of that project I spoke to quite a number of businesses and their head of HR and I just I found everything that they said really interesting um, and I'm quite a people person I can talk to anyone I'm quite a confident person um, and I, I feel like I, I can give some good advice not not always <laughs> um, but I feel like I'm quite a people person so I think just think working in HR or working with people is just something that I've always I've always thought I'd be good at yeah I think even talking to you now you can tell you know just through you know kind of 10 minutes of chatting already you you kind of quite grounded and um, kind of rounded as well in, in terms of you know thinking about something you you have an answer and you've got substance to your answer as well so you've obviously you know you, I guess mature for your years I don't know if anyone's ever kind of told you that before I don't know if yeah, that's a good thing or not <laughs> yeah I do I, get, I do get that quite a lot a lot of people don't believe me when I say I'm 19 a lot of people are sort of like I want to see something like you. I don't believe you that kind of thing it's a good quality to have especially as you say going into an apprenticeship and and kind of having that um kind of maturity I think it's a quite an important quality to have as a as an apprentice um so so we I mean we were talking kind of off air um about you know your experience of of deciding to go down an apprenticeship I think it'd be really good to kind of just talk about that because um you know your story today is is going to be uh or is going to resonate really really well with anybody at college or you know maybe just kind of finish the studies and and looking at kind of options and, and routes and how to get into HR so I'd really kind of like to explore um your own journey today and, and there's you know some stuff that happened to you kind of at college yeah. that I think is, is but it, it's worth discussing because if it happened to you and I'll be honest I'm going to kind of chip in because I know someone else it's happened to so it's it's unfortunately is a something that seems to be um kind of more than a singular occasion so talk to me about kind of your experience when you decided um or informed college that you're going to go down the apprenticeship route rather than university yeah so at to be fair, originally, when I was leaving high school, finishing my GCSEs, I did apply for a couple of apprenticeships um, and got right through to the final stages of the interview process. And really, it did. the reason I didn't get the job was it did come down to experience. And I, I, was, I was 16. I had no understanding of a business. Like I'd just been at school my whole life. So I looking, didn't Looking that. back, now, like, retrospectively, do you think you would have been too young at 16? 
I think for the level of business that I, I'd applied for, like the scale of the company, I feel like I would have felt so overwhelmed. I knew I would have been able to do it. I wouldn't doubt myself that I'd have got through it, but I do think I would have just spent a lot of time feeling really overwhelmed. And also I'm grateful that it didn't work out because of where I am now. I love working Because I, 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 you know, I've got my own opinion on this. Rightly or wrongly, this, you know, this is just my opinion. I do think that some apprenticeships in terms of the topic and the content of it, um, 16 is too young for some people yeah. to kind of go into certain types of roles. Um, and again, you know, that that's a very blanket statement and the people are different. Um, you can get really, really mature 16-year-olds. You can get very kind of immature. I was, I was probably an immature 16-year-old. Um, but I do think, you know, to go into HR as a 16-year-old, really overwhelming, really, really yeah. overwhelming. Whereas I think maybe into... Um, you know, a different type of role, certainly more of a kind of a manual maybe type role um, actually kind of could be okay for that. I think, you know, historically it's it's kind of quite a a, a kind of um, um, tracked path of of kind of people doing that. So, sorry, kind of, I kind of interrupted that. So, so um, (laughs) you went kind of, you applied for it at 16, um, didn't get it, I think you decided to go to college. Yeah, so I decided to take the the college route because I only really had my heart set at 16 on working on doing one apprenticeship at one company. So I kind of just applied for that as well as applying for college. So then I went to college and I did three A-levels. So I studied um, religion and ethics. I did business studies and I did sociology. Um, what I, what I a weird it. mix! Religion. <laughs> Everyone says that, but it's not it's not a good normal combination, is it? I would have maybe understood like business and I don't know marketing and and, and something else. Yeah. We go right; they're all kind of business oriented. But the, the religion <laughs> ones are kind of an interesting one to throw in there. It was. I mean, I really struggled with picking a third subject at college. I knew I wanted to do business. It's my favorite. It's always been my favorite subject. Um, and I think sociology can feed into that as well. Yeah. So the social. Yeah. To, in my mind, I was thinking. The sociology would be interesting because it's the study of people and the way society works. So I thought in a business context, that would be great to have all these this information. And the religious studies was just because I, I enjoyed it at high school. I did it as a GCC and I loved the ethics and arguing with people. Um, and I felt like I had good knowledge and I understood it. I thought I will do well in that subject. Um, because I, I know I know what I'm I know I'm doing basically I've done it for the past two years and I've got a good grade so I thought well I'm not sure but I thought I've, I've got experience I can probably get get this done well fair enough fair enough yeah I think RE when I was back at school was just a I don't know it's a time filler um yeah. it just it just I went to an all-boys school we were raucous <laughs> we like I felt sorry for any most teachers, let alone the RE teacher, like yeah. we, nobody wanted to be in that that classroom. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was com- there was an hour of compulsory RE a week at my college, but that was separate. Everyone had to do that, whereas the actual subject was just a choice. So yeah. you could tell the compulsory yeah. was not very favoured. No, nobody really enjoyed that. Bit. That was no. completely different than the actual subject. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you went to college, you did these, um, and then w- when you inform them that you're doing an apprenticeship rather than university what was the kind of reaction um I had I felt as though informing them that I didn't want to go to university made me less favorable 
at college compared to those who you know were aiming to go to Oxbridge or even just go to university it's a very traditional route um um it's not something that's just come about it's not something it's very set in stone like apprenticeships you can work for massive companies or you can go and work for a small company like Danbro versus somewhere like BAE for example um so I would say that I wasn't I felt as though I wouldn't I mean dismissed is quite a strong word but that's the closest word that I could use but it almost felt like I was slightly dismissed in some areas of college not all, not all areas a lot of areas were very much like business studies for example very much for apprenticeships because it gets your hands on in a business they, that's something that they, they love that idea so but in certain areas it wasn't as welcomed as much okay so almost like nice, it's a little bit of kind of discrimination against you because of the choice you were taking yeah yeah you could you could really link it to that in business terms really yeah yeah it's interesting because i um we've got a family friend who um she's got a really interest in marketing and um she kind of came to our offices and wanted to chat with um, my wife um just to kind of understand marketing more and then um, i kind of had a separate conversation with her about kind of career coaching and career guidance and how she could really kind of make herself stand out and, and kind of you know um, choices to make and and she said to me um there was a a, um, a thing put on for uh, managing your finances at university um like a session and she said well there's no point in me attending that because i'm not going to university and and they said you know well it's not compulsory um but you have to attend and so they made her they made her attend this yeah. class and she was like well what's the point i'm i'm not going to university yes managing your finances is you know a beneficial but this was specific around university and and it was almost again as though well you are you know either you're going to university or you're a second class citizen almost yeah. in in some regard yeah. um, um i would say as well um if you were to say this isn't just a college this is quite a lot of people on a whole if you say i'm going to university no questions are asked if you say oh i think i'm thinking the apprenticeship route they're like are you sure? Have you thought about applying for uni as well? Whereas if you apply for uni, they don't expect you to apply for, for anything else. They just expect you to do your UCAS, apply for your top three uni. I mean, I could be getting this wrong. I don't even know the application process that well. But like apply for your, put your top three unis. And nobody nobody goes, well, do you not want to apply for internships as well? Yeah. Whereas, whereas yeah. the other way around, it's like, oh, well, have you applied for uni as, you, as your backup in case you don't get any of these 12 different apprenticeships that you've applied for, that kind of thing. Yeah, strange, isn't it? It's, it's almost as though um, it, it's just seen as a kind of um, colleges are feeded to university um, yeah. and quite kind of institutionalised in, in that approach, really, which is strange because, you know, when I, when I was younger, um, apprenticeships weren't really kind of um, kind of for the flavor of the month they, they've kind of seen as the the really old school you know you just you go and do an apprenticeship you're doing a trade um and that's it and the only other route is you either get a job or you go to university and and you know most people went to university um yeah. whereas now i think it's a, with the cost of going to university you know there's it's not as an attractive a proposition as it as it was certainly you know 20 years ago kind of when i went um I think it's a really kind of serious actually is the university right for me do I want to have that amount of debt you know there's a big commitment there and apprenticeships I think are a really attractive alternative route now and and I, I see them becoming um 
more and more prevalent but i don't think they've got maybe as um seen as kind of like as sexy and as um <laughs> as as valuable if you want to kind of call it yeah. that as, as as a degree but i think there's a massive place for it i really do well i would say in my experience my high school were very much encouraging far more encouraging of apprenticeships and um, like for example when i um, spoke to teachers saying, "Oh, I've applied for I've applied for this apprenticeship." I was 16 at the time. They were they were all for it. They were like, "That is fantastic! Please keep me updated. Like, if you get an interview, blah blah blah." So every time I'd get my first stage interview, they'd be they'd be so excited. I get my second stage. I got my third stage, and they were they were really encouraging of it. So I felt like the the um, my high school were much more supportive. But both schools did do careers fairs that did showcase both the universities and um like workplace apprenticeships but I do think that the, the, the high school were far more like encouraging of apprenticeships especially at even 16 it's quite a young age to be yeah. as we've said it's quite a young age to go into a business yeah so for anybody that is maybe thinking of an apprenticeship um talk to me about the process of it um I, I you know I I understand that I kind of brought an apprentice on um kind of myself into the business um so I've kind of done it from the the employer side but as an apprentice or somebody who's interested in that, talk to me about how how do you go and get an apprenticeship? So there are obviously your main businesses that will take on a set number of apprenticeships, apprentices every year. So, for example, BAE or uh, Unilever. Whereas here at smaller businesses like Danbro, for example, we won't have a set time of year. So we won't say every May we're going to put out our adverts, we're going to take start the application process. We just sort of do it as and when we see fit. We are looking at more apprentice, having more apprentices here at Danbro. I think we've got about ten now in the whole in the whole business, and there's 130 employees. So for a small company, that is quite a lot of apprentices, and we want to get more, um, so we can really train people from the bottom upwards um but in terms of applicant for example the application that I did at 16 that was a very much a regimented application there was the application process which had 10 set questions that you had to write like 200 300 words for each one but where did then you where did you find the apprentice with- where did you find them did you go on the job boards um, did you go to um, organizations that promote did you go straight to the employer so um a places that I've spent a lot of time with because I spent a lot of time doing this last this time last year the government website, if you look locally in your area, Facebook, Instagram, or both any social media, there's apprenticeship government accounts or even just the business in general. If you have a particular area um, that you know you want to learn, for example, engineering, if you follow all the companies in the local area that do engineering, they will. A lot of social media is now becoming a big thing to advertise jobs on, especially if you wanted to attract a younger audience. Um Google, Indeed, we have advertised our apprenticeships on Indeed. And then we also go through the colleges. So um, the careers team, the colleges, we send them our job adverts for apprenticeships. So we, and then we sort, we say, we think these students will be good. So HR um, could be sent to business study students or our accounting apprenticeships could be sent to the maths department or the actual accounting course that they do at certain colleges. So I would say there's loads of options everywhere, but I would say definitely the main one is social media. Even if you search, like, for example, HR apprenticeship, you'll get information about Jobs Live or tips and tricks for applying, things like that. Social media is fantastic for things like that. Yeah, it's interesting. I um, So when 
you know, I was I, I kind of went as an employee and I was really kind of naive to it all. And I just said, you know, how's this work? Do you do you advertise it? Do you just send me um an apprentice? Do you send me a group? And they said, um, <laughs> it's like any role, you know, just go and advertise it. And I I just kind of wrote an advert and put it across the job boards. Um and then just kind of waited to see what came in. I, I didn't actually um I don't think I posted it on our um our social media channels. I don't know why. Just probably didn't think of it at the time. Um but I think it's yeah, just just kind of you know treat it as though it's a normal job, I suppose, and just go out and yeah. you know look for it like you would do any job, just where where jobs are posted in the world. Yeah, we have um, we have actually in the past, we have actually got um, an employee here that's an apprentice that we found through a recruitment company. So oh. even, I mean, it's not it wouldn't be your first choice to look for the apprentice apprenticeship through a, apprentice through a recruitment company. But there have been times where we've just, for example, this employee was just just sent to us over by the company, and we really like them and they fit in really well here at Cambro. So I, and any type of normal way of recruiting um, and job advertising. It, that's how we treat our apprenticeships. We do it in the exact same way. The only difference really is we would send to the local colleges, yeah. um, which we would do with an apprenticeship or like a graduate level job. Fantastic. And what, what do you get as an apprentice then? So what, how is it different? Um, how is it more beneficial for you than, you know, just going out and applying for a job? Um, so I know particularly in HR, um, they, a lot of companies look for experience, whether that's work experience or, you know, having two years in a business, for example. So whilst I'm learning all of this, I'm getting my CIPD qualification, which is, as you know, the HR body, which you, you do get at some unis, but not all of them are CIPD linked. Um, I'm learning my qualification. I'm, I'm getting the legislation, the laws, all the important parts of my job. But I'm also getting that experience of being able to put what I'm learning into my job. And also just exposure to how HR actually works because you can do as much theory as you want, but the reality is HR is so unpredictable <laughs> that you don't. You might never use You might use some of it, but some, that there'll be other parts. For example, employee relations that you might see on a weekly basis, rather than and you'll use all your legislation, all your laws, all your policies, things like that. So I, as I've said earlier, I love the hands-on approach. So so it's that's kind of why I picked it dual kind of learning practical experience and yeah. i guess there's like a, um, a framework a study framework in place yeah. um do you go to kind of do you go to college for your COPD? do you go kind of yes. on a regular um, basis so this actual apprenticeship is um with with a local college um so i i'm split it's um hybrid so sometimes we go into the college and sometimes we're, we're over teams um but i get I do all my work, my college work within my working hours. So it's like release time. And then we have other apprentices in the business who might do, who have online courses. So for example, our accounting are online courses. And I know a couple of them do, um, they do their college work on a Monday morning and work on Tuesday afternoon and then do the same on the Tuesday. And then the rest of the week is just strictly work. So you get your hours for learning, but you also obviously have to do a full-time job on the side as well. Fantastic, fantastic. And, and what's somebody kind of coming into the workplace then? So you've you kind of finished college, um, you come into the workplace. What was that transition like for you? Was it a kind of um, slap around the face of going, oh my God, this is like the real world? Or was it a nice transition for you? Um, 
from personal experience, it was, it was a fantastic transition. Um, they were really patient with me and understood this is my first, it wasn't my first job, like I've, I've done part-time jobs in restaurants, for example, and like cafes, but this is the first time I've had like an office job where I'm going to work with, a, like I'm going to end up with a, quite a serious responsibility at the end of it. Um, so I felt the transition was great. They were, um, the, the, the learning side of it from the two girls that I worked with, they were fantastic. They were really um, hands-on. And there was another uh, girl who was part of our team who was leaving. So in the last two weeks that she was here, she was she was really good with training me and she gave me all of, like she'd written me notes about all the things that I need to remember, remember like in terms of admin because it can be quite overwhelming. So that I felt the transition was really good. But I do understand that the have that, for some people, it can be quite overwhelming, especially like if they're not a confident person. Um, I don't find new things daunting. So to me, it felt natural to go into an environment I've never been in before. Whereas for people who are the opposite of me, I can probably see why they would find it quite like, intimidating or yeah. quite scary. But especially here at Danbro, they, they were fantastic. I couldn't, yeah. couldn't have asked for a better start. Good, good. What was the biggest thing that you, you kind of had to learn or overcome you know, adapting to the workplace because um, there is, you know, there's so many things that there's using, I guess you use a computer quite a lot kind of through your, your college and your study, but there's the um, speaking yeah. to directors, there's um, the confidentiality around work, there's the data and handling data. There's so many kind of different aspects, which the organisational skills of it all, making sure that attention to detail when you send in a letter right. What was the kind of big thing for you that you're like, kind of oh right I really need to kind of you know develop in that area because that's something that's kind of outside of my comfort zone um I would say for me understanding the importance of my role uh, in my head uh, I understand that I'm part of the HR team and I play it I play a third of the role for example because there's three of us on our team but in my mind at the start I was like but I'm just the apprentice I I won't have that much responsibility my role I might do all these little things, but in the bigger picture, it's not as big of a deal. But all of my little contributions and all the little things that I do to help my team, really, without them, it it, it would affect the whole the way everything works. So for me, getting getting that kind of thought process into my head was quite a challenge because I've never really felt such responsibility before. And then also trying to not get overwhelmed by that level of responsibility as well because it's quite a different it's quite a step up from saying you know working as one of the main waitresses on the floor on a busy night at a restaurant where compared to you know playing a key role within confidentiality in a business and making sure employees are safe and their well-being is cared of it it's it was quite it was a change but it was something that I, I was really excited for yes yeah, it's, it's massive isn't it um have you ever heard the the nasa janitor story no, <laughs> no. Um, so the NASA janitor story, this is what I told um, kind of my apprentice when, when she started. So um, the, the, I, I'm not going to get this exactly right, but apparently um, there was this kind of like journalist and or somebody like that. And he went into NASA and he was, he was walking around and he was interviewing different people. And he said to this, um, this person, he said, so what do you do? And they said, oh, I help put um, the astronauts on the moon. He was like, oh, right, okay, you know, are you a, a kind of astrophysicist? You know, what, what's your role here? Uh, the person said, oh, I'm the janitor. And they kind of, like, the report kind of looks more quizzically. So, you know, no disrespect, but how do you put the astronauts on the moon? He said, well, if I don't keep the workspace tidy and make sure everything's kind of, you know, organised here, then 
then these guys can't do their job effectively. And then, you know, so it's all kind of part of that. The concept is everybody has got just as big a role to play, no matter what it's perceived their role is within the organization. It all collectively arrives at the same destination. It's that that goal of whatever you're trying to achieve there. So, you know, for someone coming in as an apprentice, well, I'm just the apprentice. Well, actually, as you said, if you don't do your third of that kind of triangle, then the bit little bits that you don't do, the admin that you're doing means that the rest of the team can't do what they're supposed to be doing. And there's a kind of compound effect of it all, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. I would say um, I was having a one-to-one with uh, my manager the other day and she really like reiterated this point to me and said, um, if we, you know, just the little things that you do without them, without the organisational side of it, then things that we need to do would then be delayed. And then the whole business, you know, like every, everything would go back would sort of it would it wouldn't ground to a halt but things would sort of take longer than they need to and just things wouldn't get done as productively so she just like she just reiterated to me that it is important to remember that the things you do even if they feel insignificant and you think why am I doing this it is really important you like you've been asked for a reason that kind of thing yeah fantastic so talk to me then about the award like how how did you get the award so um, my manager, Sammy, um, found out that the awards were happening um, and she no- she nominated me. So she sent um, a couple, she had to send like evidence over, for example. So um, one of the things she sent over was we did um, a lot of social media work for National Apprenticeship Week, which was a couple of months ago. And as part of that, I did like a six minute interview video um, talking about my experience of working as an apprentice here at Danborough. So she sent that over as one of the evidence and then all the little uh, a couple of little things that I've done since starting here so for example I started an apprentice what we call the apprentice social group and um, which is almost like at big businesses I know because I have a few friends that are apprentices at big businesses and um, they will have like a hub where all the apprentice, apprentices can like socialize together and spend time together whereas here at Danborough we're all in completely different departments and there's not like say 10 apprentices no, there's not 10 HR apprentices who can work together so my thinking behind it was that we would be able to help each other because we're in quite a unique situation with working a full-time job as well as studying for two years, for example. So that was another thing that I did. And then she just sent, I don't, I'm not 100% sure really what else she sent over. But yeah, so then um, you were you nominate people and then they were shortlisted and it was shortlisted between me and another girl. Um, I'm not sure what sector of business and law she worked in, um, at a company based in Preston. And then when it was like in the like my name was in the LEP, which for my grandparents was fantastic to see. Um, and then so we went to the award, we went to the awards evening, um, and that was the whole presentation. There's about I'd say about 20 different categories. Um, and ours was uh, mine was the second, and then like they called out my name to say that I'd won. Um, and then they read this like this speech that my boss had written, which I wasn't really paying attention to because I was too nervous about like getting up on the stage and making sure I don't fall over. Um, but yeah, it was a really good night. And I really enjoyed that night because it was just solely about celebrating apprenticeships. And it was really good to see that there was all different ages, all different, like a massive range of people there picking up awards. They're celebrating with each other and like the the atmosphere was just it was it was fantastic it was it was really good and then yeah so I've, I've won and then it, that was in the LEP as well so my face was in there again and yeah it was it was a, it was a really really good night and I would I'd, lo- I'd love to go back every year just to feel that atmosphere again it's amazing you must be so proud I mean 
listening to like some of the um some of the work that you did to achieve that you know setting up that group um i can see why you why you got the award it's fully deserved yeah really kind of um again goes about that kind of maturity of you i guess yeah. <laughs> they're not being trusted to run with your 19 that kind of <laughs> <laughs> so there was um you also when we're talking off air you were mentioned about um the importance you think of, of kind of getting work experience now you've kind of debated that with some of your friends and um and other people who want to get into friendship so I'm, I'm i'm a big believer in this as well and um the family friend who came to me recently i was giving her exactly the same kind of advice that you were just just talk to me about kind of why you feel getting some um some some work experience under your belt relative to the job that you're trying to achieve or the apprentice that you're trying to get why it's so important yeah so um for me especially if you're going to be a successful candidate in applying for the role um it can feel quite daunting as I've said to start a role with absolutely no idea what like what you're doing you might have an idea of how the role's going to work for example like what they've told you in your interview but being thrown into a business working in an office that you've never an environment you've never seen before it can be quite daunting so um, I was saying I was saying to a couple of friends the other day that like my work experience, even if you just ask family, like it's not like the amount of times I've heard people say it work, like it's not what you know, it's who you know. So even asking people in your family that have that work in offices, they don't have to be high up, even just asking, like, is there any way that you could get me just 10 minutes to speak with such and such person in your department, like the department that you want to work for? So for example, I um spoke with someone in my family about getting some HR experience just to be able to speak with the um, HR team at the company that he works for and um, it paid off you know even just asking you might not always hear you might not get the answer that you want but asking and then getting your name within that business it's always really good um, and then I was like um, afterwards thanking that I always I remember my dad saying to me you must thank them afterwards because they'll always remember when you say thank you they'll always remember um, you emailing them out of your own accord to say thank you for your time I really appreciate it um, you've really helped with that kind of thing um, so just e- even emailing um, if you just google such and such like head of HR for example at a company near you the confidence that they will see that it's taken for you to write that email they'll think that's that's fantastic she's she's 16 she's 17 she's she's emailed me to ask me some questions um, I think I think it just looks really good on your CV and it shows that you genuinely are interested in the role that you're applying for. You're not just in that process of application where you're just trying to find any job that's going. Um, so, for example, like in accounting, we had um, a lad that applied. He is successful and works here at Danborough. Um, and he just he just said in his interview, I've spoken with um, family members who work in accounting firms themselves or um, a family member that is an accountant on their own, like they're a self-employed accountant and trying to understand what their role is within accountancy how it works in a bigger picture and they said through school this was organized and I did a week's in an accounting firm but even genuinely just putting on your CV that you've spent time speaking with HR people or whatever field you want to work in and just their teams it just looks it just looks really good and it's, it does take a lot of confidence to do that so it does it just looks really impressive yeah I'd agree um I think it shows sign of intent it shows real seriousness about you wanting to get into that mm-hmm. but I think if you can 
if you can even get like a work experience or a couple of weeks experience or a month or, you know, however long it might be, and you can go down and just, you know, job shadow, whatever it might be. Um, as, a, as an employer, and I can talk from this, you know, from firsthand experience, um, when you are looking at CVs of um, uh, people wanting to do an apprenticeship or, or even just people who are, you know, coming out of education and wanting to get that first job, they, they don't have, a, no offense, but there isn't a lot to talk about. You know, if you're if you're 16 or 18 and, and you've kind of come straight out of college, you, you're, you're, all you've got to go on is really your, your subjects. And it, it makes it hard to go, okay, well, why should I pick you? And, and, and everyone will go, well, I'm hardworking, I'm trustworthy, I'm friendly, I'm confident, I'm good at communication, I've got timekeeping. Okay, well, all the people that I'm meeting are saying exactly that same thing as you. So what's going to differentiate yeah. you? And it's when you go, well, actually, you know, I've been out, I've done my due diligence, I've done some research, I've spoke to anybody that I can talk to about being an accountant or being a HR person or being a, uh, an IT person or, you know, whatever it is you choose. Just that is a starting point of saying, all right, actually, oh, have you? You've, you've been out and kind of you've, you've spoken to these people. You know, what, what have you learned? How, how much do you know? Or, well, actually, voluntarily, I went and spent yeah. three weeks in an organization where I shadowed the, you know, the HR manager for three weeks. And, and I did a little bit of filing and a little bit of data entry for them. It gives you, it's not, it isn't earth shattering, but it gives you just a little bit of an edge that makes you stand out from anybody else. And it's a real, yeah. you know, oh, this person's got something about them, but kind of get up and go. And, and that's what you're going to gravitate towards as an employer as well. But even um, as easy as I contacted, like at college, I contacted the HR manager at college and asked her some questions for this research. So it didn't even occur to me that there would be a HR manager at college. So even like the marketing team there will, there will be someone who does the marketing for the school that you go to so that it is just about just asking as many questions as you can like I just emailed my business teacher and said do you know how I could get in touch with the HR team here um, I'm doing I'm doing this work experience and I think their opinion will be really beneficial um, and for example I, re- I reached out to Booth's um, supermarket based knit around us and they got back to me within within a couple of a couple of hours really so they obviously were interested in helping and that was just me finding an email on google i just thought see what i can find and i, I did in that work experience project get a lot of no replies like i probably emailed 20 companies and i got four replies so it can be quite disheartening that not not everyone is kind and not everyone wants to help but the people that did help it worked and they they loved the project when I came in for this interview and the interviews that I did that I wasn't successful in the role they were all so it opened so many questions then doing that work experience or just that research it allowed them to ask those questions it just showed that I you know I've done my research I've done my my role in showing that I'm the person they should employ yeah and I think a lot of people get embarrassed you're thinking oh my god I you know I can't email them you know what if they what if they say no the worst is they'll either be really nice and say no or they won't reply they you know there's no loss of you know face here there's no embarrassment there's the best thing that can happen is someone comes back and goes actually yes we will help you here we will give you some you know an opportunity to come in and get some experience the worst is you don't get a reply back that is literally the worst that can happen so it's a very safe it's a safe zone really isn't it to just kind of go through this process and proactively contact companies yeah, as well and then also if you later find a job opportunity and um, 
within that company that you've tried to contact where you can say, well, I did do this research project and I contacted a number of companies, including yourself. Um, Obviously, you don't say including yourself, but you didn't reply, that kind of thing. Just sort of say including yourself, um, trying to get answers um, about this sort of topic. So, you know, it just it means your name is in it. It's your name's in a business, basically. It just gets, gets your name out there. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing feedback. Well, look, um, thank you so much for coming on. I think, you know, if this can help one person who's looking to go down the apprenticeship route, it's been absolutely worthwhile. But I think hopefully this, you know, I think I think we should try and kind of promote this to a lot of colleges because I think it could help a lot of people, let alone just, you know, down the HR route. I think this is yeah. good just to kind of help people. So, um, Mia, thank you yeah. so much for coming on and sharing your story. Well, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. And there's another show in the bag. I hope you enjoyed it and really appreciate you listening. We've received so much feedback from people who have said how helpful these conversations are and how the insights are helping individuals with their own careers. However, to get the podcast to a larger audience, we need your help. Please could I ask you that you'd write a review on whichever platform you're listening to this on, as it's the ratings and reviews which really help get a podcast promoted. So if you could spare just 30 seconds to write us a review, that would be really, really appreciated. In the meantime, I hope you'll join us on the next episode and I'll see you then. This podcast is brought to you by Hire People, a recruitment agency specialising in the HR and marketing professions. But we're not your typical recruitment agency. When I created Hire People, I very much wanted to rip up the rule book when it came to the model I felt a recruitment business for the modern times should adopt. I've been an internal recruiter as well as a HR manager using the services recruitment agencies. Some good, mostly poor. I've also been a job seeker on the receiving end of poor service from every recruitment agency I applied for a job through. It left me feeling despondent, non-supported and very much like a statistic. So I decided to do a Gandhi and go and be the change that I wanted to see in the world. Hire People was born from that desire to not only run a recruitment agency that has standards, but continuously driving those standards higher. We are highly innovative and introduce the number of features that distinguish us from your typical recruitment agency. We offer a six-month 100% rebate. We've introduced the innovative and groundbreaking Hired360 product, which has brought 3D CVs and 3D job descriptions to the market. And we very much place the emphasis on service, not sales. So if you're interested in working with us, get in touch and let's see how we can help.